Sigori Vasna Guru Parampara Ke Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Premanandi. Evening, welcome. Guru Pavana, nice to see you. So, just going to ask for questions tonight. Are there any questions? There's a few. Here, you're first. Um, I was wondering that the prayers that you chant, that, we just, that you just chanted, um, some of them I'm familiar with, but many of them I've never heard before. Some of them. Well, there's a few prayers there. Um, some brief explanation may be uh, in order. Um, of course, the principle is to invoke auspiciousness and for speaking. And um, so, first and foremost, we um, offer our respect to our Guru. And the prayer that I chanted, Oma Jnana Timranda Jana Salakaya Chaksurun Litam Yena Tasmai Sri Guruvena. Now you're all pretty much familiar with it. It's, it's a powerful statement as to the um, the force of divine intervention in the form of Sri Guru in our lives that forces open our eyes to see in one sense that which we could not see previously, although it was right in front of us. And this is the beginning, of course. He or she helps us to see things that we couldn't see before by looking from a different angle of vision. That is something about the nature of being. Hmm? And having seen differently, or beginning to see differently from a philosophical perspective as to the nature of being, that I'm not what I thought I was, and, and the world's not what I thought it was, and so forth. And obviously, having um, been afforded that angle of vision, we're receptive to other things that uh, Sri Guru may say that are not directly perceivable by us. And even, I'm going to say that theoretically, um, it's, it's perceivable to you, um, arguably, that there's a difference between yourself and your, your body and mind. Uh, between consciousness and matter, you can you can go with that and and so forth. But if I say to you, and Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead, that's in a different you know kind of category, so to speak. Moving from discussion of the nature of being to theology hmm, and so forth. But the point is that I'm making having giving you such a radically different angle of vision that is startling, and it, and it does appear to be. Yes, that makes sense, and this this gives me a reason as to why I'm not I'm not happy. A, a very uh, comprehensive reasoning, and how if I can live according to that new angle of vision, I see there's a prospect there that that's reasonable at least. It's it's, it's reasonable, and of course, Sri Guru speaks. Um, hopefully, um, uh, the uh, the uh, language of reason and the language of love, and it translates love language into reason 
for human society sharing his or her heart through a logical explanation uh, uh, addressed to, well, human beings who are supposed to be different from less complex forms of life because they have the power to, to reason. And so there's reason, what I'm saying to you then, to, to have faith in that which he or she speaks about that's beyond the, our immediate experience that is uh, more theoretical, if you will. The Gita works in that way too, where the first six chapters is really a dissertation on the nature of, of being. And then the second six chapters open with the theology. And you're a little receptive to it, uh, the ideas, because you've... And it's very, very true. As much as you are able to put into practice and, and experience the difference between consciousness and matter, and thereby arguably what you're constituted of, it opens a whole world of possibilities that just didn't exist previously. Hmm. And so there can be four-armed people or whatever, and it's not a problem. So the, it's, it's interesting to note that point, that if you can understand the basic point, and it's such a basic point that the Goswamis all really almost don't even start with it. Hmm. That's, but that's, there's a reason for that too. The reason for that is, the, is the, the climate of the times in which they spoke. There are so many givens that aren't givens in our society. It's a given that there's a difference between the body and the soul. I mean, not everybody knows it, not, but it's, you know, it was a whole culture at the time. These were the books of the time. Hmm? These were the bestsellers. Or, you know, they were the only books out there, and they weren't for sale, and few people had them, and uh, taught them, and so forth. But, um, you know, the extent to which atheism is dealt with, for example, is minimal at, at best in the texts. Western theology is all about battling it out with, with atheism, hmm, that there is a God. I mean, it's, it, was, it was a very small uh, school of, of thought. Um, for example, Charbuck's school of thought, which Prabhupada used to characterize as, what, eat ghee and be happy or something like that. Cook it in ghee, whatever you do. But get ghee and cook and you know, be happy. Kind of Epicurean approach. Alive, so uh, so it's hardly you know it's not a, really a debate. Hmm. That's one of the reasons, of course, and uh, and and this is where bhakti excels. Hmm. It doesn't really excel in one sense um, with uh, it, with a focus on an explanation as to the difference between matter and consciousness. It does excel. I mean, we can talk about it you know, fairly well, comprehensively. But other schools of thought, like Jan Mark or Yoga Mark, that, 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 that there's 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 less to come after that, if anything, in Jan Mark and Yoga Mark. There's a little more to come, and so it's the entire focus. And um, that's just not the case. Gaudiya wants to pick up where that leaves off and ask questions like, what is the consciousness of consciousness? Um, it's a very extraordinary, you know, it's a way of talking about it. The answer there, of course, is it comes in Chaitanya Charitamrita that it's love, the consciousness of consciousness, what makes it go around and so on and so forth. Uh, and that brings in the whole uh, principle of Shakti and 
in uh, the way that it's brought in from the, from the Gaudias. But, um, but at any rate, um, today's world is, is, is different. So we do have to speak a little bit more about that, perhaps, to give people some entry. Like if I speak to people, my experience is that I can speak fairly well and bring people who are open to listen readily to uh, what seems to them to be a very logical conclusion that the consciousness is different from matter and I'm constituted of consciousness and the names and forms of the world are here today and gone tomorrow. And when you've got them landed there, so to speak, theoretically, and thinking that's very profound, then you have to start talking about names and forms <laughs> that aren't here today and gone tomorrow. It becomes it's very much more uh, complex, if you will. But, of course, there's a way to, to do that that, 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 um, that is, um, I think, um, makes it sound as reasonable um, as it is because, as I've often said, well, it's, it's one thing to be, to want to be, to live, to, to, to love to be. It's another thing to, to exist to love or to love to exist, which is it? And the, the Gyan Marg really is, is about loving to exist. It really is because... It's 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 um, it's all about the fact that the material existence is temporary. Hmm? The things I say, I say, I say here today and gone tomorrow, and the pursuit of enduring happiness is not going to be realized in relation to to things that don't endure. So that's that's what's called knowledge. That's the knowledge. And then, um, so as far as the chit aspect goes, hmm, that the being hmm, um, that I pursue, which is enduring in order to be happy, cannot be one that is in relation to things that, that don't endure. And so you pursue that and by detachment. Detachment is the corollary of knowledge of so the path is is all about bhairagya. In bhakti, it's not about, we don't advance by bhairagya. It's not one of our methods. It's a byproduct of results that, um, or it's, 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 an, it's a natural occurrence. If you love someone and there are things that are not pleasing to them, then you don't do them. Hmm? Um, so the renunciation is kind of an afterthought, if you will. It's, it's, uh, so at any rate, in in the Ganmar, there's there's nobody to love, and and, uh, and um, it's really loving being, loving to exist, in comparison to, and it's a huge thing, in comparison to living on you know death row, so to speak, as if your existence is threatened, which is how we, how we we live. That's how we conduct ourselves, as if we're under a threat, and we are, in terms of our present sense of self and so forth. So. That's one thing. But then, you know, the, the attractive idea is that if you ask anybody in a room, which is better, what do you think? To love to exist or to exist to love? Everybody will say, exist to love. You know, okay, we got that. So, and it is. Um, and as much as love shrinks in the, in the, in the, in the, in the idea of, of loving to exist, existence shrinks. Hmm? In the reality where you love to exist, because it, because if you love, it doesn't matter what 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 your surroundings are. 
That's the whole idea of Vrindavan, to be honest with you. Being a small village, it's not a big place, it's got nothing special going on there, it's very ordinary. Hmm. Um, but of course, a loving existence, however otherwise um, limited the existence may be, becomes the most perfect and uh, full existence. Hmm. And the knowing also, in Yoga Marg, knowing stands out. And for knowing, in in, in Gyanmar, of course, the knower, the known, and and um, and the, the process of knowing, they all they all they all disappear. In Yoga Marg, knowing stands out because there's something else to know. That's Paramatma. That's the ideal. Omniscience, like the Paramatma. So there's Yoga Marg is 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 dualistic. And um, of course, I'm speak, when I speak by contrast, Gyan Marg, so Advaita Marg, let's say, is, is, is not dualistic, but Yoga Marg is, is, is dualistic. Mm-hmm. And so there's some, some scope for, for loving there, you know, in, in a limited way. And the, the goal of yoga, Ashtanga Yoga, is Vaikuntam. Um, that's the goal. And Shantarasa, that's the goal. Hmm. Um, so then you go to Bhakti Mark, and you have you know different degrees within that of Bhakti Mark, but when you reach the Brajalila of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, the knowing, <laughs> the, the being, the existence, the existence becomes very small. And by Kunt, it's huge. There's like palaces, and it's, it's very overtly. Uh, extraordinary, and yeah, it's very well. Adhoksaja, Vrindavan is aprakrita. Like it looks like ordinary, but it's not. But you got to look close to see that. So the existence is very small, in, in one sense. The knowing is very limited. They don't know the Veda there. They don't know the Upanishads. That's how it's described, right? course, they know how to milk a cow. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's very it's, it's speaking to us like that a little bit. You know, the boatman kind of thing. You know, the story of the boatman. Do you know how to swim? No. Okay. Your knowledge is, you have no education, something like that. That's a famous story. There was a boatman, like, probably some of you don't know it, I guess. So there was a boatman, and English boatman, and the, and the, the Bengali boatman. Who took takes people across the Ganges? So the Englishman's going across. He says, "My dear Bowden, what do you know about biology?" He says, "What? Did, how did you pronounce that?" <laughs> you know, I, I said, oh, "You've wasted, you know, fifty percent of your life." And what do you know about astrophysics? Uh, and he says, "I'm afraid I don't know anything about that." You wasted, you know, seventy-five percent of your life. He goes on like that, and then uh, as the day goes on, and they're crossing, and some storm comes, and the waves start to rise in, 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 in the Ganges and the Englishman gets a little worried, what are we going to do? And he says, my dear Englishman, do you, have you learned about swimming? He said, no. He said, your whole life is wasted. <laughs> <laughs> and he jumps into the, to the, you know, swims away. So, so it's an emphasis on practical, down-to-earth uh, knowing. Hmm? This is a Gaudi Vaishnavism. Hmm? You know, they say in Buddhism something like, 
chop wood and carry water, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a similar idea in Vrindavan. Hmm? And um, at the same time, I mean, the knowing there isn't unknowing. Krishna doesn't know himself. Krishna doesn't know that he's God. That, that goes in and out of his omniscience and and then and being overwhelmed by love. Hmm? That's very extraordinary. God in crisis, you know, existential crisis. So he's supposed to solve the existential crisis for us, but he's in existential crisis. These are very extraordinary theological I- ideas hmm? that, that at least seem interesting to pursue and think about it. And uh, so forth. So again, what is the consciousness of conscience? Very extraordinary. Um, so and there, knowing is seems limited, and and the necessity for a, a of, of place and attention to that. How big of a house will you have? You know, how many bedrooms? How many square feet? It's not an issue there. There with Krishna, and that's all. Like I've said, if you love someone, then you can live in live in a cave, right? It doesn't matter. So it starts to look smaller when you talk about it, but if you understand it properly, it's bigger because it's a, it's, we're talking about a more affectionate area. And these, these are, this is part of that. For affection, there has to be, the more affection it is, the, the, there is, the more there will be intimacy, the less there will be concern for, for knowing, and 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 for space and so forth. So this is what's being being described. It's a really a love um, advocacy to the to the extreme, which is not a hard thing to sell uh, to people. It's just a question of playing out the implications, explaining it, and so forth. And then you end up in in Vrindavan, hmm? and there's Krishna, and then you talk about it, and so forth. So um, so at any rate, these. The point I was making is that when we, when we, to the extent we move from theoretical knowledge as to the nature of the self and its potential, and that's two things we discussed this the other day a little bit: it, the nature of the self and its potential. You cannot talk about the nature of itself without talking about its potential. It's something in potential. A thing will be defined. Um, Needs to be defined in relation to its uh, its associations. Like, for example, we have um, a a um, community in, in in Costa Rica, so Central America. Central America is um, a can be a politically dangerous uh, place. Um, for years, for example, on the border of Costa Rica, you had the, the Nicaraguan Sandinistas and the uh, and they were rebels, and, and, and they could have overflowed into Costa Rica. Hmm? And um, so it's you, you, you could live there with some trepidation. But so so you might look at Costa Rica and think this place is 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 not safe. But if you back up, you see that Costa Rica is very much associated with the United States. Hmm? And so it's or same thing like Israel. Okay. Israel, it's surrounded by Arab countries. It's it's in danger. Well, it is, but <laughs> but again, it's backed by the United States and some European countries. And so, if you look at the whole picture, you see it for its you know its potential. 
It doesn't, uh, well, Costa Rica doesn't need an army. Israel does, but I guess. <laughs> Costa Rica has no army. And the Sandinistas, well, they're gone now, but I mean, there's always things breaking out there. And uh, they even have, you know, the liberation theology of leftist support, you know, for such revolutions um, instigated by the Catholics, Catholic priests, and so on. So it's a, it's a, but they, and they have no army, but, but it's protected by the biggest military industrial complex in the world. Hmm. So it was with the jiva, there's, there's not much point in one sense of talking about what's the, what's the jiva if it's like not in the material world, it's not in the spiritual world. It's the dust. It's, it's, it, it, if it's not, it's, we call it spiritual suicide. So no, no, no longer worth talking about it. Hmm. And so by its association, then in one sense, it's determined. And we have the potential to have the association of, of Bhagwan. That's what we call bhakti. Hmm. And then there will be a, a, a reality in existence hmm, based on the two things, our potential and the realization of the potential, the opportunity to come. I've given an example before, like a young, if a young man falls in love with a young girl, he's the same guy, but he just feels better about himself. And people say, he seems better now, you know, he... <laughs> He, he's, you know, he has more confidence or, you know, whatever it is. And he feels like he's more. It's the same guy, same DNA and everything. Hmm? So, but he has this potential to love, which requires another. We are a unit of love. We are the object of love in the world. We are what's lovable. Uh, you know, you can use this. This is a popular idea psychologically, obviously, you know, you got to love yourself, and people don't love themselves, they're all, a lot of people have, you know, self, um, what do we call it, self, self-loathing, and you know, lack of self-esteem, and so forth, and, you know, it's, 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 it's a sad thing, actually, people suffer from it, you know, uh, considerably, it's hard to relate to, I, mean, I don't have anything, I never had any experience, but I can see people suffer from that, so, um, so you can, you know, and then you, 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 and a lot of people get it from Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It gets worse <laughs> because you're told you're, you know, you're, you're not the, you're, you're not the body. You know, it's bad, and so on. So that's why I like to give it a positive spin. Rather than you're not the body, you are this sadaka deha, guru given body. You are that, and you should take care of it and use it properly and so on and so forth and conduct yourself accordingly and and realize the potential of the sadhaka day which is a which is a work in progress so to speak um, but but again in brief um, it, this this um, this problem for example that people have of self-loathing and lack of self-esteem you can you can comfort them by speaking we say it in Vedanta that really that you are the most lovable thing we, we do conduct ourselves like that. <laughs> but um, we, but people don't like themselves too, which of course, they don't project that on their friends. They why do they do it to themselves? Which would probably be something that psychologists might tell them to think about. But, um, but we are, metaphysically speaking, we are the object of love hmm? in this world. We, therefore the Upanishads say that it's not the husband that the wife loves, it's not the wife that the husband loves. But the self, hmm. and the self has the potential to extend itself into other things, 
which what animates the world. And by that extension by which we identify with the thing, for example, as mine, it becomes meaningful to me because I'm in it. So I'm what's, if as soon as it's not mine, it's no longer, you know, uh, something of my concern, or it is because I was taken away and I'm still there, um, so to speak, as you can be by, by projection of consciousness and so forth. So the self, this is an important point in the Sadharvas, the self is object of love, but, but it's a unit of, of, of ananda. Hmm? But bhakti ananda, that's, an, that's another thing. Hmm? So, um, so anyway, we can, this is a side point here, we can, I think, talk to people along those lines and, and explain that the soul is a unit of, of, of love, of self-giving, and, uh, and it's full on account of that, and, and so on and so forth, and hopefully help people move in that direction with a little psychological help, too. Um, but anyway, ours is a loving ideology, and it, and it reaches its full pitch, its zenith in, in, in the Brajlila. Hmm. And so these are, as you go, what I was saying, theologically, it's a little more of a stretch. There's some belief kind of that has to be there. Hmm. That's not as much required when talking about the difference between consciousness and matter. I mean, you can go so far that, well, you know, okay, at least you know you can argue as well. To argue the difference between consciousness and matter, you have a lot on your side. You have universal human intuition agrees with you. Hmm? You have common sense reasoning agrees with you. And, 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 and very strong common sense. There's soft common sense and there's strong common sense. So there's soft common sense that, that it can be exposed for being really a misunderstanding. Hmm? Over the ages, people commonly thought certain things. And for example, with the help of science, it's shown that, well, it's not exactly like that. That was superstitious. It doesn't happen like that. So those things go away. Hmm? But it would be folly to think that the human sense, an intu- intuitive sense, universal human intuitive sensibility, that, that, that consciousness things move from up to down, consciousness is causal, and so I think something, for example, and then I do it. Hmm? And that there's an I, there is a me, I do exist. Uh, that's not going to go away. That's not a common sense that's going to go away. You have to work very hard to convince yourself that that's, that's not happening, that there's nobody, the lights are on, but there's nobody home there. Hmm? Some people do that in philosophy, and they... They try to marshal, bring forth some empirical evidence that could be interpreted in that way and so forth. But it's contradictory to universal human um, sensibility and, and sound reason. Because you, you know, if you want to deny, in a sense, this is very basic Vedanta, consciousness cannot be denied because to deny is an act of, you know, requires consciousness. You, it's, it's, you, you can't... You can't get around it. Yeah. The I think American Dictionary of Psychology defines consciousness as something that cannot be known unless you know consciousness. You can't know what it is unless you know what it is. It's like very circular, hmm? and it's, it's making a point. And because this is our philosophy too, and the, the fact that it's so ethereal 
if you will, is not cause for dismissing it. That's cause for really taking notice of it. Because it's so, as I often say, it's so different from things of the world. You can't compare it to anything, so how can you define it? It's experiential and matters non-experiential. So that means, well, it must be different from matter, and that's huge. If it's different from matter, then it's not confined by time and space, as all material things are. That means it's, it ever was, always will be, and it's supernatural. Hmm? That's super interesting. I mean, that's that's. So the fact that it's less tangible, if you will, is is a, is a, is a reason for some people try to dismiss it. But if you think it out, it's cause for being very interested in it. Hmm? And. Uh, and, and, and pursuing um, realization, the fact that you're, it's very interesting, you're a unit of subjectivity, not of objectivity. That's very interesting, what the possibilities are. Mm. So at any rate, you know, there, there's some cause to requirement, more so I think than Rupa Goswami, for example, to talk about that in the world today, to get people to come to theological side of Gaudiya Vaishnavism because these kind of things are not a, not, not a, a, a given. We can do fairly you know, well with that. Um, as I'm saying, it's universally intuitive. The reasoning is... It's very, very sound reasoning. You can't get away from consciousness. Conscious, you can't say consciousness is an illusion. It doesn't make any sense. Hmm? You can't. There's no purpose in debating it. You understand? What's the purpose of debating? If you, if your, if your idea is that 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 that, uh, that there's no there's no person, there's no entity, there's no you know there's no purpose, no meaning. It's just all it's all reduced to matter. Then nothing matters anymore. Because the consciousness is what gives gives matter and meaning to things and value and so on and so forth. So. So it's very strong, logically. It's very strong from a, a strong common sense point of view. Hmm? It's, a, it's a, kind of to deny consciousness is what philosophically would be called a preformative contradiction. Hmm? So it's it's powerful in that regard. And then for, as far as empirical, you know, knowledge drawn from the scientific community, well, there's nothing to empirically conclude to to conclusively demonstrate that. that that consciousness is, is um, whatever an epiphenomenon of the of, of the brain or something like that. There's ways that you could interpret evidence to come to that conclusion, but there's there's, and people speak about it who are a little informed as if it's already been demonstrated. I told a guy the other day. I said that would be you know, that would be the Nobel Prize of Nobel prizes. That would be the end of the you know, the age old debate that's never going to end. It's never ever going to end. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, these debates just rehash the same issues over and over again. All the new atheists—they're just rehashing the arguments of Bertrand Russell, for example. There's, there's no, there are no new arguments there, mm-hmm. really. Um, so it'll go on, you know, forever. But um, so, as far as empirical evidence goes, and then there is a way of interpreting empirical evidence that gives room for hypothesizing that consciousness is different from matter as much as there is some room to hypothesize it's not so you haven't got any on all three ac- accounts there 
common sense, intuition, common sense, reason, forecasts, science. You've got nothing compelling to, to, to cause you to conclude that consciousness is other than what we say it is. And then you have a, you have a fifth thing also that can't really be dismissed, and that is you have mysticism. You have the experience of the mystics who seek to demonstrate that consciousness is different from matter mm-hmm. by living independently of matter. And that's basically the whole idea of experiential spiritual life. To Instead of just letting your senses and your mind go wherever, you start to restrict them and withdraw them from, from sense objects and restrict thought and stop thought, you know, for, for example. Um, and as you do that, you get, you, 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 you are less your existence is less dependent. Hmm? Just like we're simple people, we live here, and but some people say, you, you don't watch television? I mean, how do you live? You know, they, just to give you an example, how can you live? How is it possible? Or, you know, you don't eat meat. Wh- what do you eat? <laughs> what else is there? You know, I'm just giving some really kind of crude examples, but... Uh, then you you know you take it to an extreme and you have the yogi living in a cave you know, and he or she has arguably demonstrated that not only to a large extent not only can you live independently of matter but you can live better, hmm? more happily, and that's a common sense thing too. Hmm? It's not a big argument. I mean, who's going to argue with you? that a controlled mind, rather than one that's going everywhere, controlled senses, that you'll, you'll be happier. Who's going to argue against that? Hmm? Really? And on some level, everybody agrees with that. Hmm? That if I just let my senses go there, my mind, but without restricting it, I'll be unhappy. So we just play that out. The, the argument being, well, the more you restrict your your senses from sense objects, hmm? uh, from trying to exploit them, hmm? for the world of your mind, the better the world of your mind becomes, the more peaceful it becomes, the bigger it becomes, the more the more generous it becomes, the kinder you become, the the more attractive you become, the happier you are, and someone will call for well, what about some middle road? You know everything in moderation. Then we say that's what we say. Therefore, we use our senses hmm, to take prasad, to sing in, in, in kirtan, and so forth. Hmm? We are not, this is the, the middle path, you understand? Hmm? Hmm? So, the experience then of the mystics is very, you know, it's very, um, it's something you, you have to look at that. They're like over in some small corner, we're like out of the mainstream, so people don't just... Don't pay much attention to it, and, and and the religions that the mystics come out of reject them as well, for the most part. Hmm? They're too extreme, you know. Whatever they, they've interpreted it differently and uh, too subjectively. It's not concrete enough for us. There's not enough rules and black and white in it, so we we're afraid of it. Something like that. So it happens. But these mystics really, arguably, they you know they have to be. Uh, considered and although there are differences amongst mystics as to the nature of their experience, there's so much common ground hmm, as well. 
and then their approach to mysticism is different. So, arguably, they'll get a slightly different result, but the common ground is, is considerable as to the nature of being, the basic idea. There's a difference between consciousness and matter, for example. Hmm? They almost kind of demonstrate, because the, the biological body has to die, and so the sea has to die too, but, but again, it's not a problem, you can say philosophically, because the problem of death is that you can't take things with you, and if you're not concerned about that, Hmm. then what's the problem? Hmm? You die and you didn't know it. Something like that. So, uh, good good support for these kind of ideas um, in, uh, in, in, in today's world. And, and so we offer our respect to Guru. He talks about these, she talks about these kind of things. And then talks about other things also. They take a little more a little more belief, if you will, but the, now the belief is well-founded. It's not blind faith, if you will. I've seen, I've seen in a different way, so I'm open to it. Yeah, there are other possibilities hmm? that I wouldn't have thought of otherwise. I would have dismissed altogether. Hmm? I'm going into a, a, a realm where there's where impossible doesn't isn't found in 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 in, in lexicon there. Hmm? Um, so it's an exciting. Uh, journey, if you will. And uh, so we offer our respect to our guru who has opened our eyes. Hmm? And the more we pursue them, that which we do understand to be true, and make that a part of our very being, hmm? then the more kind of chips we have, the more power we have for investing and getting more. Like I was saying the other day, someone... um, you know, we have we have two bodies. We're not only not not the body. We are two bodies. It's very you know different way. We're a sadhaka deha and a siddha deha. So so the sadhaka deha, of course, as I say, is a work in progress. And as the progress um, is made, then the consideration of siddha deha will come into uh, to, to 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 the fore. Um, but only as much as the sadhaka day has taken advantage of and and uh, and, uh, and 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 perfected. <clears throat> so, Guru, for example, gives us the sadhaka deha. Don't ask him about the siddha until you've used what you've already gotten. We want the siddha but we don't really want a sadhaka deha. Hmm. The, the Siddha day is, you know, herding cows and dancing with Krishna and, and so forth. And, and um, the Sadaka day is doing parikram and pain obeisances around Govardhan and rising early in the morning and fasting on Ekadasi and, and so forth. There's a contrast between the two. It's nice to talk about the ideal, but when you have talk about how to get there, people have something else to do, and there's other appointments and so forth that are that come to mind. Love is born from the womb of sacrifice. So, we want the love, we don't want the sacrifice. Hmm? Prabhupada said, would say, you know, if you love someone, then you serve them. You talk about love, people will like that. You talk about serve, people go, I don't know about that. <laughs> so how much do you understand love then? Hmm? It's a fact. And all of these, as I was saying, all these Brudge Lula sentiments 
of Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, Madhurya. These are all expressions, in one sense, of Dasya, the ego underlying all of these forms of love is I am a servant. And, and you can understand it, as I said the other day, something like this. If you love someone, you will do anything for them. If you love your son, you think, I'll do anything for him. Any, whatever's in my power, I'll do that for them. Or if you love your lover or your friend, it's the same thing. I'll do anything for you. What can I do? That kind of spirit pervades all these, these expressions of love. So the implication is, this is the serving world. And the serving ego has to come in place. And that's what we do in our sadhaka day. That's what sharanagati is. Shraddha, sharanagati. This is to be cultivated in sadhana. Hmm? Longing, lalasa, hmm? that is for bhav. There's going to be some overlapping, a little longing, but only longing is only appropriate, really, in one sense, in as much as as the 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 Isharanagati um, is in place. If you, in other words, if you want a the drama of Krishna Leela to appear in your heart, you have to erect the stage. They're going to show up and say, "There's no stage." What? You know, tell us when you got you know. The stage erected. This is Sharanagati. That's the surrender. This is the stage on which the drama of Krishna is performed. Therefore, when Prahlad Maharaj tells his father, well, the best thing I learned is Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Padasevanam, Archanam, Vandanam, Dasyam, Sakyam, Atmani, Vedanam, Iti Pumsarbito, Vishnu, Bhaktis, Chenna, Kriti, Bhagavati, Adhatanmanye, Dittam, Uttamam. He says, You give yourself and do kirtan. You give yourself and do hearing. You give, your, give yourself and do archan. Hmm? He's saying, Sharnagati is, is in place. You give yourself hmm, and do kirtan. It's not the, the other way around. In the karma market's the other way around. Hmm? You give the things. Here you give yourself. Hmm? That's what you're giving. So Sharnagati, this is the heart, really in one sense. And this is for the sadhakadeya, hmm? the practitioner's body. So as much as you've really turned your guru-given body into a sadhakadeya, as much as you really have reason to speak to him or her about the siddhadeya, hmm? we want to hear about the siddhadeya, but we don't want to hear about the sadhakadeya. Hmm? So, that's backwards. We have, anyway, two bodies. It's confusing. But. So, anyway, Guru tells us about all these things appropriately. We were speaking this morning a little bit about, sometimes people say, Prabhupada gave everything. So, you know, why do I have to listen to anybody else? Hmm? Well, you know, maybe you don't, but why wouldn't, you know, there are different answers, of course. But once I answered it, yes, Prabhupada gave us everything. He gave us everybody else. Was he alone there or what? You know? No. Wait, I think we talked about this the other night when we were here. Krishna's not alone. Neither is Prabhupada. So all these things, he, he, he gave us access to this parampara. Vishwanath Chakri Thakur is also my guru. Bhaktivinoda is also my guru. And the plurality of gurus. And I have to see, they said this at this time, this way and that way, and Prabhupada said this, and I put it together. And, and did they not give everything? 
So there's this this kind of response it gets sometimes, like, Prabhupada gave everything. Are you saying he didn't? No, I'm saying that, that you were not qualified to get everything. That reverses the whole thing. Are you saying that you were qualified to get everything? Well, is, is that, or did Prabhupada speak according to the eligibility of his students? Hmm? If he was a good preacher, then he would have considered, hmm. And we were talking about this morning, Prabhupada's early lectures were from Chaitanya Charitamrita in New York. Quickly he shifted to the Bhagavad Gita and he stopped asking for questions after lectures. Hmm? And the, I mean, Chaitanya Charitamrita, he said on the boat, and this is my, my life, I'm living in the pages of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hmm? He gets to New York and he wants to talk about Chaitanya Charitamrita. This is, you know, the consciousness of consciousness. These are where these gods asking the most extraordinary theological questions. How do I look from the devotee, my devotee's perspective? I want to, what would that be like? It's very extraordinary. Hmm? How can I taste what they're tasting? I'm, I, I think I might be missing something here. Very extraordinary uh, questions, high theological questions, and God's asking them. It's not theological questions whether God exists or not. Here's the answer, and it's the argument. It's it's very different. Hmm? So he, you know, he starts talking about that, and it, it would appear that he quickly realized hey, maybe we better back up a little bit here and, and talk about the Bhagavad Gita. And you're not the body. Krishna's the supreme personality of Godhead. My body is wrong. And, so he's obviously anybody who's going to be involved in educating assesses their audience and sees, hmm, I can tell them this. I might have everything to say. Hmm? I might know it all. Hmm? It doesn't mean I'm going to tell it all. Hmm? I didn't do that when I sold books to people. I didn't say, you know, I said a lot of things to sell the books, you know. I tried to find a way to get inside their head and how they were thinking and then present the book accordingly. I didn't tell them, you know, this is, uh, you know, whatever. Krishna's, this is God, Krishna, and this is Radha, and then, you know, you know, that we would lose them. Hmm? And so, obviously, Prabhupada also spoke according to his audience. Hmm? So if we say, well, you know, no, it's not that Prabhupada didn't give everything, it's that you weren't qualified to take everything. So he only talked about it to a certain extent, he gave the seeds of everything and so forth, and if you play them out, then this is what Parampara is about, like Bhaktivinoda Thakur. He said, I left the world, my work undone. And when Mr. John Marsh asked Prabhupada what he meant, Prabhupada said, oh, he could have done everything, but this is mercy, he left something for us to do, hmm? some, some service for us to do. So, you know, Prabhupada was, was, was perfectly qualified hmm? to so-called give everything, whatever that means. I mean, Rupa Goswami gave everything. Sanatana Goswami gave everything. Um, Nityananda Prabhu gave you everything. And each one of them at the same time has unique contribution that they made. You can, you can look at it and say, this was Nityananda's contribution. This was Rupa Goswami. It's different than Sanatana Goswami's contribution. Hmm? You can study it and see they were in certain areas they excelled. Hmm? So we're going to not do that with Prabhupada? Just make him everything? I mean, I mean he is everything to us. I mean, to all of us really here because of of that, but that has to be properly understood and we may go forward in a progressive way. Hmm.
And I think that someone who's preoccupied um, with um, very deep um, Krishna conscious experience to to bring himself down to talk to somebody who um, is only eligible to understand the the tip of the iceberg, that is a huge um, sacrifice, if you will, act of compassion. It's very extraordinary. Hmm? And so, the Prabhupada was perfectly qualified to say everything, but how qualified were you to take everything? And we could see, well, a lot of people don't understand everything that he he gave and so on and so forth. So, so the guru, anyway, he, he or she gives, opens our eyes in, in, in different stages according to times. Sometimes he might even answer a question in one way, one way sometimes in, a, in another way. Hmm? It's very practical. As we progress, we're not the same all the time. Hmm? We're again, we're something in progress. Hmm? As much as bhakti is making ingress into our lives, well, we're getting real estate in Golok. That's what's happening hmm? right now. Hmm? You're getting real estate there. It's happening. And so that's our, we are in potential. Hmm? So anyway, this, but I use this prayer, Om Aganatam Randasya, why? Hmm? I have a reason for that. And the reason for that is that, that I live, my experience is in an environment within Gaudiya Vaishnavism where there's a plurality of gurus. Hmm? And I also find that there's very much a Kanishta Adhikari understanding of Guru Tattva hmm, that's, that's most prominent. And that's probably going to be the case always, hmm, because there'll always be more Kanishta Adhikaris than there are Madhyam Adhikaris or Uttam Adhikaris. And so the Kanishta Adhikari has a kind of a like focus, appropriately so, on my guru. Hmm. My guru is the best, and he or she is for you. Hmm. And should be, otherwise you, you're in the wrong place in one sense. So, so, and we want to sort that out and get a good fit for everybody. Uh, so, at the same time, sometimes we come to an assembly, perhaps, and, well, you know, you're the only disciple of that guru and the people are disciples of other gurus. Hmm. So, you know, that happens all the time. And it happens like there could be in the room here, you know, people who are connected to three, four different gurus. So I'm left with the task to honor them all by trying to figure out who their guru is and say their name and then make everybody feel everybody's guru has been mentioned. Or I can say, oh, my God, you can all think whatever you want. <laughs> you can go there. That's my guru I'm thinking of. Hmm. Yes, I'm hearing the prayer, and I'm also invoking like that. Hmm? I don't want to impose my uh, faith that my guru is the best on you. Um, my guru is best for me. Your guru is best for you, and so on. So that's the spirit of that. That is why I do that. So at our ashrams before kirtan, we say, "Oh my God!" So if someone's come, why are you not singing the Mahom Vishnu Pada? Well, there's a reason for it. Hmm? I don't like that. I like that, but. I'm not. I'm in a different situation. We all are, to be honest with you. It would be good to recognize that and encourage faith as it has descended, wherever it's descended. Honor that, and and go forward and have a positive attitude. Think 
whatever you think the best, hope for the best, hmm? something like that. Be generous. Hmm? Um, so that's why I chant that one. I mean, others there. I chant a pranam that is uh, to Gornatinanda that's um, uh, written by Vrindamandas Thakur. Hmm? And, um, and then I chant the, uh, the pranam verse to the presiding deities uh, of Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami that he penned for Chaitanya Charitamrita. And uh, I do that for a couple of reasons. Um, one is w- when I sing the prayers, I think of the authors. Hmm? So I, I invoke, the, the, I want their blessings. Hmm? Um, I think, of course, of course, what they say is there in the Sanskrit, their beautiful glorification, but my focus is more on the authors. And they're both very unique and they have unique um, contribution. Vrindamdas Thakur, he, and, and of course, gore is the way. Hmm? That's the fact. And there's no other way. <laughs> you worship in Nadia and live in Vrindavan. This is the way. Hmm? Gore is, is, is first the giver, and then the gift, and then you find out that the, that the giver was the gift too. There's no difference between the two. Then there's a difference at the same time. So it's you'd be quite. I am, I should say, quite surprised. The extent to which modern Gaudiya Vaishnavism is not Chaitanya Mahaprabhu centered. Hmm? That's a very interesting point. Hmm? Goswamis, of course, they wrote about Radha and Krishna. That was their preoccupation. They wrote about Radha and Krishna. They did not write extensively about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. A couple of astakams, a pranam to him, in a vague sense, at the beginning of each of their books, something like that. Hmm? That was left for Krishnadas Kaviraj, Vrindavanas Thakur, hmm? for reasons, important reasons. They talked about Radha and Krishna, in such a way that, there, that you understand it, there has to be a Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. And, um, and then they're establishing a new Sampradaya. So this is a new idea. They're saying, this person appeared in Bengal, he's Radha and Krishna. <laughs> How are you going to sell that to everybody? First you have to explain Radha and Krishna in such a way that, hmm, there must be, that's interesting. Huh. Krishna, yes, he understood the psychology of Krishna. He had to taste Radha's bhava. It's right in the center of the Rasalila. So how's he going to do that? You're left with, how would he do that? Ah, we have the answer. And so there's another necessity. So suddenly, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the idea that there could be a, a, an appearance of Krishna for that purpose, you're open to it. They wrote in that, and they gave it to Krishnadas to, to focus the whole narrative. But Krishnadas in particular is giving... The, the Rupa Goswami's experience of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What is the ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? What it is? That it is a Mahabhav, Malanaki um, Mahabhav, and that it, 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 Radha is speaking through him, Shikshastaka man's Radha has spoken the last verse, and so forth. So this is the, the richness of Chaitanya Charitamrita, the full measure of what Gaudiya Vaishnavism is, the full theology. You don't find a full theology in Chaitanya Bhagavata. Hmm. You don't. So if you you want a Krishnadas' blessing, you can understand fully the whole theology of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, then there's a good prayer to invoke. 
If you want to develop love for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then Vrindavan Das book is very good for that. Because the goal of Gaudi Vaishnavism with regard to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is residence in Navadvip. Not in Jaya, not Puri, not the Sanyas Leela. That is full of Aishvarya. But the Navadvip Leela, Navadvip is Gupta Vrindavan. That is Vrindavan. Air Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has no Aishwari. He's Nimai Pandit. Hmm? Isn't that Sri Krishna Chaitanya? That's like, whoa. Hmm? You gotta sit back. He's Nimai Pandit. We'll go with him. Hmm? With our Guru and our, our whole ashram. This is Sadaka Sudabhumi. This is the land, Bhumi, where Siddhas have the Leela of being Sadakas. Hmm? And everything that is said can happen in the right circumstances, if you do this, if you do that in bhakti, it all happens every time. Once chanting, once paying obeisances, circumambulating the deity, and all these things happen. So, you know, so this is the land, and our Guru's ashram is there too. Hmm? And there's so many groups, and then we go with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to the Kirtan, Shiva Sangam, we get entrance there. And as he goes to Krishna Lila, we go along with him and back and so forth. So this 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 attachment to Gaur Lila in Navadweep, this Vrindavandas is written. Hmm? His specialty is this that he, the Navadweep Lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, early Lilas. Hmm? There if you, you, you if you pay close attention you can you can begin to feel what it really is attraction. Hmm? What is what is you will begin this is a good beginning place. Real attraction for Krishna consciousness. Mm-hmm. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela in Nadia. Mm-hmm. That is his, that is why Vrindavan Das, Krishna Das is repeatedly offering respect to Vrindavan Das in his own book. Mm-hmm. He came before him and all, that's one reason. But he's had, a, there's a specialty to his book and there's a specialty to um, Krishna Kaviraj's book. So that I'm very interested in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the way. If you get recommendation from Navadvip, then they will open the doors and come right in, something like that. And indeed, that's the only way. Hmm. There's no recommendation from anywhere else. That you have to understand. Hmm. And it's really surprising to me, as I say, the extent to which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not the focus of many modern Gaudiya Vaishnava sects. Hmm. We didn't think twice. A real Godi will never go into a temple of Radha and Krishna if Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not there. At least the picture of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? What, what is Vrindavan? Krishna says, people worship Krishna without Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, I call him a demon. He says, after all, Jurasam to worship Vishnu, he followed the Varnashram, that's worship of Vishnu. But he tried to kill Krishna, he's considered a demon. Hmm? So, I have justification for making this point. Uh, so, so, so I'm interested in that. I understood this. You have to be very kind of crafty, you know, so to speak, to get to enter into Krishna consciousness. You have to be real, real attentive to find where's what's essential, what's non-essential, what's where you can get in. This is an exclusive group <laughs> where you can enter there. I've thought it out and served hard. If I have some 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 attraction there, hmm? I can say that. So, 
then there's a nice prayer to um, we have the deity of Daoji Gopal and Madhavan so I wrote a Sanskrit pranam to them hmm? and it has a double meaning in there. You might understand it. That our respects to, to Ram and Krishna, at whose feet, bhayo charano sako, at one at whose feet one becomes fearless, and um, or you can say, whose whose uh, at whose feet the is Prabhupada is is uh, situated, something like that. So. Something like that. Sukado paramanando. So, sukado paramanando. Ananda and sukha. These are two ways of saying happiness. But more readily, ananda refers to spiritual bliss. Although sukha is also used um, a lot of times for that. It also is used more readily, uh, perhaps, than the word ananda is for uh, material. Happiness, the well-being of material happiness. So, the implication is that they give both spiritual bliss and also material well-being for us. And Sukado uh, Paramanando. What is the last line? Sundaro Subalapriya. So very beautiful and very dear to Subal. And his Sakibhav, very extraordinary <laughs> idea, hmm? like uh, like like Gopi Bhav, but in form of Sakirasa. Prabhupada indicated in his prayer he had affinity for that very clearly in his own handwriting, in his private moments, most private moments. That's a whole other story, but some of you are familiar with that. Um, and some people are not familiar with that, therefore they reach other conclusions, understandably. Mm. Um, and then I offer the pranam to Krishna, and there's a gradation. He's Dinabandhu, Jagapate, Gopisha, Gopika, Kanta, Radha Kanta. It ends in Radha Kanta. Mm. And then pranam to Radhika. So those are the. Sometimes I have other ones for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <laughs> Four or five uh, to add, but so anyway, yes, uh, there's something about the invocation. <laughs> Sorry for going <laughs> at such length. Uh, yeah, it is uh, interesting. What else? Yes. Um, last oh. night when you were talking, oh, somebody else? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Last night when you were talking about um, how Shrimati is not mentioned in the Bhagavad, yeah. and then I was thinking how Lord Chaitanya also is not mentioned there, and even in Jai Deva Swami's the, his prayer, the different incarnations is not mentioned. Yeah. So I wondered, is it because of the same reasons that you were giving why Shrimati Radharani is not mentioned? For different reasons. Um, but the reason that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu doesn't appear in um, Jayadev Goswami's Das Avatar Stotram um, is because 
In the Das Avatar Stotram, what, which is the preface to um, Gita Govinda, hmm? uh, Gita Govinda is the real love book, uh, Ras Shastra, but it's prefaced by this um, song in, in praise of the avatars. But the refrain of the song with the pranam to the nishinga to kurma to mina and so forth is um, kesha badrita sorupa jaya it's a uh, it's a uh, the, the prayer what i say the prayer is saying krishna's to bhagavan swayam it's really saying um, that because krishna's not mentioned there either hmm? balaram is mentioned and ramchandra kalki and so forth and these are all it's prayers these are all avatars of krishna if you understand it properly that's what it's saying so he's prefacing a book that's all about bhava with the with the with with, with what jiva goswami described as the 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 the, the key um, um, line to understanding the tattva the philosophy of of the bhagavatam hmm? So the Bhagavatam is a book of bhava and a book of tattva. So Jiva Goswami said, if you want the password for entering into the Bhagavatam philosophically, you need this Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, and then everything orbits around that. Hmm? And there's an important, there's an important point that Krishna is the supreme personality of God. I mean, you have to have a center. You have to have a complete taker, hmm? a full enjoyer, to be a full, full giver. And so Krishna's, you know is described as as such when properly understood. And so um it's interesting that Jaidev, of course he's before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance, but he's put this piece of philosophy, the key piece, in place before he gives his 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 exposition in, in Leela narrative of the Bhava of of Radhabhav, so to speak. But at any rate, because He's making the point. Krishna is the is the avatari, and then there are avatars of Krishna. Hmm? The reason he doesn't mention Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not an avatar. He is avatari also. Hmm? Understand? <laughs> he is Krishna himself. As far as uh, the Bhagavatam goes, why isn't Chaitanya Mahaprabhu mentioned in the Bhagavatam? Hmm? Well. Um, in one sense, you can say that he is in the eleventh canto of the Bhagavatam, fifth chapter, maybe around thirty-fifth verse. Um, Jiva Goswami has explained it in a way that, if you hear that explanation, you think, well, "Of course, what else could it mean?" But no one ever interpreted it that way before him. Hmm? That's the verse: Krishna Varnam Tisa Krishnam Sango Pangastra Parshanam Yagnaisan Kirtana Prayer Yajanti Hi Krishna Varnam, he's of the category of Krishna, or Krishna Varna means the syllables of Krishna, Krishna. Hmm? The Varna means syllables also. The two, two syllables, Krishna, Varnam, are always coming from his mouth. It's describing a person. Or Krishna Varnam, he's, a, he's, a, he's of the Varnam of Krishna, the category of Krishna. It's another way of using the word Varnam. He's of the category of Krishna, Krishna Varnam, Trisa Krishna. But he's not Krishna. He's Krishna, but he's not Krishna. Krishna, a Krishna. He's Krishna, but he's not Krishna. 
it's saying. It's also saying Krishna also means black. And tweets Akr Krishna means not black. Hmm? He's Krishna, but he's not black. He's black, but he's not black. <laughs> so, Antar Krishna, but here Goldam. Inside he's black, outside he's golden. Hmm? This is Jiva Goswami's explanation. This is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, Krishna Bharnati Sakrishnam Sango Pangasta Parshadam. This person comes with his Sango Panga, Anga, Anga and Upanga. His partial expansions and expansions of expansions. This means um, just like Brahma speaks to Krishna in his prayers after the Brahma Vimohan Leela and says that um, that are you not Narayan? And Krishna's trying to say, I'm not, what are you talking about? Why are you praising me like I'm Narayana? You know, you were born from the navel of Narayana. I'm, I'm just a cowherd. Are you not Narayan? Hmm? Narayan is but your Anga. And he goes on and philosophizes and so forth. So, so the Anga, Hmm. Um, he comes with his angas like Advaita, Nityananda, Upangas, like Radha, aren't you? This is the idea. And Yagnai uh, Sankirtana prayer. And so those, and and those who understand him will worship him. Hmm. Those who have, Sumedasa means very fine theistic intelligence. Hmm. That's that's as a result. It's not an IQ. It's it's sumedasa means it, it implies sukriti, sukriti van, possessed of of, of sukriti that causes one sangskar for bhakti and thinking naturally in a way to draw extraordinary conclusions that otherwise could not be drawn. And this Jiva Goswami is doing. He's showing us sumedasa by his own explanation. So those who have very fine theistic intelligence, they will worship him by Sankirtan, Yognai Sankirtan, the prayer. So I mean, it sounds like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, right? Hmm? Then there's two verses that follow that, that they've also explained how this is describing Chaitanya. Chaktva, Sudhu, who left Vishnu Priya in Nadia, hmm? the Raj Lakshmi, for this Maya, Mayamrigam Deyaitipsadamangadhabar, who ended up chasing after the souls in Maya and so forth. And, to give them Krishna consciousness. These kind of descriptions are there. The verse that prefaces that, this last two lines of it also speak about, and so, Tata Srinu, now listen up. Why does it say that? He's speaking this, the context is the four, the Yuga avatars are being spoken about. The Satya Yuga avatar, the Treta Yuga avatar, the Dwarpa Yuga avatar. What are their characteristics? What are their names? What are their, that kind of thing. And so he's talking about that, and he comes to this, and he says, now listen. Carefully. I mean, you're already listening. Why should you listen more carefully? Because this is something very different. This is special. He's an avatar, but he's not an avatar. He's uh, he's Krishna, but he's not Krishna. This is very. Uh, you have to pay close attention. Hmm? And nana tantra bidhanena. Please listen how he'll be worshipped. It's it's told in the tantra. This is the whole Gaudiya thing. The whole Gaudiya thing. Go, we go to the tantra. Hmm? All our mantras for worship and procedures and all, they're all coming from the Tantra. It's not like, you know, your Vedic, Ramanuja, Vaidhi, Sampradaya, Madhva, and so forth. Hmm? It's very feminine, hmm? tantric. I mean, there's the, it's kind of the clean side of the white tantric. Huh? 
all these Nard Panchatra and uh, Gotamiya Tantra and so forth, meditations on, on Radha or the Mandala of the Mantras, it's all coming from the Tantra. So, this is the Yugoslavia explanation. You can see, oh, yeah, so this is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu here. Of course, it can be interpreted in other ways as well. Other sampradayas did. I don't think as well, but hmm, why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not, why don't they just come out and say, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will come and call the Yuga? And, well, because, um, in one sense, yes. It, you asked if it's the same reason for Radha. In one sense, no. In one sense, yes. Because it's a very secret thing. This is a, about the most intimate, most introspective moments of Krishna that is the genesis of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. You can't get deeper into the Leela, and it's, and it's, it's problematic because when Krishna starts to wonder what is Radha's experience, he is in a crisis. And people don't want a God that's in crisis. They want a God to end their crisis. And so here he is. He, you're having an existential crisis. You want God to solve it, and he's having one. So it's not something that everybody can just like go with, you know, in terms of worshiping God. Uh, it, it's it, it requires some sukriti, some good association. To, uh, so, so it's it's complex, and so it's a little. It's there. There's nowhere where it's more clear. If you understand the psychology of Krishna. Hmm? that's brought out, then you know, there must be Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He wants to taste Radha's bop. He said, I can't repay you. I said in the Gita, I would repay you. I cannot repay you. You have to settle for what you have. It's more than what I have. And wait a minute. Somebody's got more than what I have. That's a problem. Hmm? I'm supposed to be the center. The whole religious world is going to, you know, go turn on its head here. We've got to keep this quiet. But meanwhile, I've got to resolve the problem also. This is kind of the thinking. And of course, he's very crafty, so he, you know, he, he, he solves the problem by extending his Leela, having an encore Leela, and everything's reversed out. It's like a reverse jacket, you know. It's gold with you know, black cuffs, and on the inside it's black with gold cuffs. It's turned around. You look carefully and see it. This is Krishna. It has to be Krishna Leela. It can't be. An avatar of Krishna. No avatar of Krishna wants to taste Radha's prem. <laughs> they're, not, they're not even thinking about it. It's not even an issue for them. Only Krishna would think like that. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu must be Krishna. This is the most compelling evidence, more so than the interpretation of that verse that Jiva Goswami gave. Hmm? But it is a secret thing, and it is then also to be brought out by the devotees. Hmm? in due course, the idea in Kali Yuga, so we have license for talking about it and so forth. But to, 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 if, you, if you understand it properly, then you can't ask the question, why is it a secret? Because it's a secret. <laughs> why don't they just come out and say it? Well, then you don't understand it. <laughs> There's a reason it's not, you don't just come out and say it. Now we can come out and, and say it in a sense. He's come. Hmm? It's happened. So we got to, now we have you know, cause to talk about it. It's, it's hit the world, and so like, wow! You better, to, but otherwise, uh, in its beginnings, if you will, in its or, or origins, as it's percolating, and so well, this is this is a very um, inner inner moment. Does that help? Yeah. I just ask one more question about that. The other incarnations they come in every. Um, 
Not our Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, no. Not, not Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Radha and Krishna. That's more rare. Yeah. That's, He comes, they say, once in a day of Brahma. That means long, long, long time. It means to say, it's very rare, you should pay attention. Then people want to know, what about the other yugas? And if the whole of the scripture has been written for this yuga, for this time, right now, and the whole message is pay attention right now, something wonderful has happened, take advantage of it. Don't think about extra things that you don't need to think about. <laughs> like, what was the color of the avatar and in the Treta Yuga? Prabhupada said, I don't know. <laughs> and I don't need to know. Neither do you need to know. There are, there are more pressing things that, that upon knowing, then you won't, your, all your questions will be answered. And you still will never know <laughs> that question. Uh, it's not required to know his, his color. Hmm. No. What else? Yes. Okay. Uh, Maharaj, uh, along those lines of, that you were talking about, um, paying more attention to the Saraka Deha as opposed to the uh, Sina Deha, um, you could say that um, to a lot of devotees are really focused on the escapism part of Vaishnavism. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Where they are just thinking about life after death and wrong thought, neglecting. Um, you know, here and now, and and thinking about you know developing love for God, while they're not really developing love for fellow devotees and human beings, and, uh, mm -hmm. and also um, while we see that um, you know we are talking about the mood of Vrindavan and whatnot, um, here and now we see very little effort of devotees trying to kind of build Vrindavan here now and, and kind of become immersed in this mood of, of Vrindavan and I, I, I actually um, appreciate the effort that you're making in, in, in kind of developing the, your ashrams and rural communities and all that. But in general we don't see much effort among devotees. Um, you know, somebody may aspire to be a gopi and you know, they live in New York and they just absolutely have no no inclination whatsoever to work with cows or, 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 or live in a rural environment and, and there's this disconnect that I see in our movement um, and this is also something that, that troubles a lot of people who become interested in our movement that we have this great philosophy and we talk about all these great things but you know in reality it's like uh, it, it's like the armchair philosophy in a way like the armchair sailors, you know, are discussing the, the latest, you know, regatta race, but they, they don't say it. So, um, you know, when, when we're talking about um, developing this mood of Vrindavan and, and, and um, becoming immersed in, in that kind of Leela, and at the same time, we really make no real effort uh, here and now to kind of get in this frame of mind. It is completely different. Most most people um, can't really relate to living off the land. They can't relate to working with cows, observing, you know, the beauty of the seasons and all 
and, um, and, and to me, it is something which is troubling about our movement, um, that it is so theoretical, so escapist. You want me to comment on that? <laughs> well, um, yeah, I think it's it's uh, that many devotees do be are preoccupied with some idea of of dying and going to going to heaven kind of uh, idea about about Krishna consciousness and and there's some fear about taking birth again or something like that. Um, um, and it plays out in terms of a, a kind of a, sometimes maybe an artificial uh, sense of detachment hmm. um, that's uh, problematic. But the teaching is different in, in a sense. I mean, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was teaching that that you will not go back to Godhead until you're not concerned about going back to Godhead. Hmm? That's the teaching. I don't care about getting free from birth and death. Hmm? I just I just have an opportunity to do bhakti, whether it's here. Svarga, apavarga, narakeshu, apitudartadarshanam. This is said in bhakti. Heaven and hell, liberated or unliberated, it makes no difference. So this is... So that that kind of preoccupation is... It might be all right to motivate somebody in the beginning like that. Hmm? Fear is a valid motive for some people. Hmm? And um, it can be used by a teacher to get people going and so forth. If you, know, if you don't practice, you're going to take birth. Kali Yuga will just be that much worse and better get going and so on and so forth. Um, but... You know, all kinds of things are used to motivate students and get them involved. But the teaching is, as I say, you won't, so to speak, go back to God until it's no longer a concern. Hmm? Because the path is, the, as they say, the, but the, the journey is the destination. So bhakti is for its own sake. So until you have attachment to bhakti... Hmm? Um, then you won't develop attachment for the object of bhakti, Krishna, and you won't get a corresponding form to play out that um, the uh, w- 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 the natural product byproduct of attachment. Where you know we have a certain attachment, so we have a form, a personality. When our attachment becomes to Krishna, then we have a certain identity that's that is formed. That's called asakti. So, so it's there. There is a good point that you make that uh, it's that it, it's, we perhaps need to speak in such a way that people will become more focused on the, uh, in a sense, the here and now and the beauty. We talked about this the other night. The beauty of well, the, of, of, a, of a Chaitanya community. What what it was like. Uh, we here in Chaitanya Charitamrita have a community like that of people that. Um, um, where you you know you have the two things: love thy God with all thy heart and soul, and love thy neighbor as thyself. That's also kind of what you're talking about. Bhaktivinoda said it: 
Krishna Sarva Krishna Jivedoi Krishnanam Sarvadharma Sar. Krishnanam means worship God through the name. Hmm? This is a practical way in which we love God with all our heart and soul. Because if you love someone you sing their name and you're preoccupied with thinking of them and so forth. And singing the name is very practical. Practical way in which we show our love, our main way, and uh, and then we love our neighbor. We jivedoi. We we of course we have an extended idea of neighbor, philosophically, to show kindness to all living, living beings. Bhaktivinoda said this is the essence of dharma. So you find, sometimes in Christianity, you find this. Um, what do they call it? Um, community. Uh, hmm? fellowship. fellowship. Got this fellowship, you know. Then people are, everybody knows about everybody, and you know, somebody had a baby, and everybody's over there, or whatever. Or somebody had a, an illness, and they're helping one another out. It's real sense of fellowship, loving your neighbor. But and often the idea, which is a separate commandment, if you will, or mandate from the Christ, um, loving God. Merges into loving the neighbor, and how to practically love God becomes like, I don't know, love your neighbor. You know, we have it the other way around. You love God at the cost of loving the neighbor. This is kind of what you're talking about, to some extent. But there are two separate commands, if you will, and Bhaktivinoda put it together, as I as I mentioned, that they go hand in hand. You really can't love God without loving your neighbor. You really can't love your neighbor either without loving God. Because you can't really love your neighbor and really feel the sorrows of others as if they are your own unless you rise above the differences between yourselves that are a product of your material identification. When you understand I'm a conscious, I'm, we're the same. We, 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 we're from the same soil. We're uh, the debate, the, the, uh, the, the abade, I should say, the non-difference. That we have from one another is profound. So, you know, same idea. You can only turn the cheek so many times unless you think I'm not a cheek. Then, when you realize you're not a cheek, then you can keep turning it. You know, but otherwise, it's hard to love your neighbor. <laughs> Sometimes they can be pretty, you know, abusive. So, uh, so, so loving God. It means loving your neighbor and loving your neighbors. They're related, they're different, but they're intertwined and so forth. And both things have to be put in place. And, and I think that it's true that, as I'm saying, it may be out of balance in Christianity. Some ways it's out of balance to some extent in Gaudiya Vaishnava. You don't have this kind of fellowship and so forth. Now, for that kind of fellowship, that you, you need communities. Because it's hard to have fellowship because you live in California and I live in North Carolina and we're friends on the Internet. You know, it's kind of... You know, that's where we, you know they try to commit social, what do they call it? Social, social networking on the internet. So we, network, social networking. Yeah. So you know, but it, it falls a little short um, of what what it would be like if you were living in community. Prabhupada wanted his disciples to live in communities. Really, he did. He wanted them to live in rural communities, which were, as you're saying, more, um, more like and more likeness to what you hear in terms of the descriptions of Krishna Leela and even some of the things that are done rurally like taking care of cows for example are bhakti that is an anga of bhakti 
worshiping sacred trees and so forth and and uh, you know the whole idea patram pushpam palam toyam which is pure bhakti offering the fruit the flower the implication of that verse, verse is that 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 it's very nice because eating is the bottom line right you've got when it all comes down you got to eat to live it's not sex even it's eating hmm? this is what we're really about so to speak materially so if you can take the very thing that fosters uh, is the bottom line of our material existence and spiritualize that hmm? that's very ingenious hmm? it's how you can eat and foster the death of your taking ego hmm? and overcome the biological death by the by identification with with the biological self and so forth so the implication of that verse is that that eating is a used to be a consuming thing hmm? now I mean I was shocked to hear the other day from somebody from another devotee how much people eat at restaurants or if you call them out even you know it's even like not even a, a restaurant used to be you know I'm a good cook at home I'm going to open something nearby and cook for other people you know the original restaurant was nowadays is you know it, it, it was like home cooking you know I mean it's like but but now they have the you know the fast food and so forth and, and so on eating is such a basic it's, it's it's sangha is about eating too because sangha is about well loving is about eating this is what Rupa Goswami says bhunkte bo jayate chai ba pretty lakshana exchanging food prashad and taking prashad this is what sangha is you invite somebody over and you eat it's love share I share my food with you I, what the basis of my existence I'm sharing that with you this is very intimate actually so the extent to which people don't you know do that that's lost and so with an industrial society it's a huge huge loss for people hmm? um, sangha means you know like it's a sharing of hearts and uh, that's how we advance in bhakti not by bhairagya the gyan mark we advance by giving things up the bhakti mark we advance by becoming attached to one another as much as we are devotees Hmm? Chaitanya Charitamrita is full of attachment of one devotee for another. Hmm? Love amongst devotees is a very prominent thing there. And Narutam is lamenting, oh, now what? What will I do now? Sanatana is gone. Krishna's Kaviraj is gone. What will I do? How will I carry out my life? And so forth. Hmm? So, um, uh, these things are much lost in an industrial society and in a devotee community that's caught up in it as well it's, is um, caught up in an environment that's not very conducive to as you're saying to to the culture that um, that um, that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is is, uh, is about his dispensation so yeah it's important to have um, communities and um, so we, we you know we, we make our make make effort um, we're making effort takes time um, but you would think that some other people have a lot of resources. I'm, I'm nothing. I have another resources. I'm poor, but some people I know <laughs> got a big inheritance that I didn't get part of. So they, 
how they how they're using that. You know, I sometimes I think, man, I don't know. If I had that, I'd use it differently. I could, you know, I could I could use it differently. I could take eighty million dollars and use it differently than trying to make a building that shows how the world revolves around the Earth instead of the Sun. You know, and then I'm all for you know building a temple in Mayapur, but I don't know, the Prabhupada had his priorities to what, what, look at this country here, what's going on here, what is, is this, what's very important, the problem is important to the whole world. And where are the communities here, living, vital communities uh, that are, um, and also I'll tell you another thing, and I, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, but if you, if you uh, mandate or you create a facility that's attractive enough, I should say, that people want to live a more agrarian-based lifestyle and so forth. And if you if you take uh, you know, like your, your moral compass and you you, you 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 look at the world today and then you determine your moral priorities, ethical priorities and so forth, as you should. Hmm? And we raised this point this morning when we were discussing. There's a nice verse from Bhishma Dev who says that when you take two stones and you grind them together. Hmm? What you get is finer and finer dusts, he said. And discussions of morality are like that. In other words, the more you discuss the moral issue, the more nuanced it comes, the more possibilities there are, the more flexible you become. Hmm? Rather than, these are the moral laws. We do it like this. And, there's not, and, and it's frozen in time. And so this is why a lot of people reject religion, because they're... Moral principles are not advocated, but moral laws that aren't that aren't as applicable in the society, or they run contrary to other laws that should be in place, like don't cut down the trees, or or, or, or something like that. You know, you. Um, so when you, for example, if you, the prophet wanted the disciples as far as possible to gravitate towards an, an agrarian, you know, based type of sustainable lifestyle like like you're talking about um, um, it's um it's interesting because if you if you say well in our community we you know we 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 do it like this what what you agree with theoretically but we actually do it here you know for example let's say you know you 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 know you, you well, you 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 take only milk from your cows, so you've got four cows, and you milk them, and you can take, you know provide for a hundred families on a regular basis. Everybody has to get their milk there, you know, to be part of the the group or something like that. When you it when you when you set these kind of standards up, it actually what happens is it actually becomes easier for people to follow the moral. Mandates of Prabhupada, for example, like no intoxication, no meeting, no gambling, no this. You'd be surprised. Hmm? It would help you without thinking about it to follow those things. Hmm? The whereas the, the industrial society and, and plugging into it to the extent that we we might it has the opposite um, effect. Hmm? So. Um, there's uh, much to be said, you know, for that being very conducive to um, to the ideal. And as far as outreach goes, it sets an you know an extraordinary example. Like my friend um, and our godbrother Ramasar was here, you know, not long ago, and he said to me, well, you know, 
Marge, you know, you're, you're supposed to preach to the masses, you know. That's what you do, you know. And uh, so how are you, you know, preaching to the masses? I mean, what, what, what's this community you're building? I mean, is it, is, is it just for devotees? He said, <laughs> you know, I said, oh, well, yeah, kind of, you know, it's just for devotees so that devotees, you know, can be all it means to be a devotee and, and shine in, in such a way that people are attracted to them and, you know, want to participate and, and then I told him, you know, well, there's seven million vegetarians in America, and 22 point. I knew he'd like the numbers, so I <laughs> looked them up before I talked to him. Point eight <laughs> million people who are favorable to vegetarianism. That's more than 10 percent of the American population. So, if I could create, and there's no, there's nothing in Amer North America, Krishna, Krishna Conscious Project, that they would be attracted to. They could come to a lecture, maybe they're attracted, but actually anything going on that's demonstrating it on an ongoing day-to-day -day basis, it's not the, you know, it's not New Dwarka or, you know, this one or that one. They're, they're, they've changed. The landscape there has changed considerably, as we know. You've got something going on in, in the flatland of northern Florida, you know, but but it's not either something that's really that you take that alternative America where, like, I come from there, hmm. back to your roots, you know, and I could live there, I could dress like this there, and people would go, that's cool. Hmm. Not in front of the Kmart, that doesn't happen, but in that community, I can live there. There's 10% of the American public. If you could make 1% of them Krishna conscious, you'd have 300,000 devotees. So, why don't, you know, think where, you, and you don't have to preach about reincarnation because they all believe in it already. You already get to talk about higher topics, where it really becomes interesting, where you really have a difference to offer people. Mm -hmm. Because if you want to come and preach vegetarianism, you know, and reincarnation, these people tell you, you know, yeah, we got that. You know, <laughs> you got anything else to offer? I'm not saying that that's all that you know, people preach, but if you're going to preach the wider, the general public, you got to emphasize those things, and that's okay. But but is it realistic? And could it be at the cost of talking about things that we really are about, that nobody else is about? Hmm? You understand? Which makes us really unique and really attractive. Hmm? Which this, this, this really trumps everything else out there in the form of experiential spirituality. Hmm? So we just need to create an environment where those things can be talked about. Hmm? So here's a group that you can you can talk to where you can start at a higher level, so to speak, hmm? and and they identify with the kind of lifestyle that you're, you're you're talking about. They identify with it so much that 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 even the ones that that, that that just you know identify with it by in in social circles say the right things and maybe they buy a Prius. I don't know, you know, for example. Uh, but if they come to a place like Audaria. They go, wow, you know, this is like, it doesn't, we could be, there could be nobody there, you know, just the setting that they think this is spiritual. Yeah, they're doing it, you know, you don't even have to open your mouth, you just monks walking around quietly, you know, and do, wow, that must be a meditation that he's doing there, you know, so what, that's how they, you know, they think, so it's, 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 <laughs> it's, um, it's, to me, it's a good, you know, kind of, uh, strategy on on two sides it's you know for outreach it's it's practical you know you have to pick your battles so who are you going to where are you going to take this where are you going to market this uh, and 
and and and then and, and you want to nourish your own you know community as well and so and I and you know I don't I don't think I'm talking about anything that Prabhupada didn't want it enough not explicitly state not exactly in the same way but you know these are different times and so different thoughts come out and so forth so that's what we need to do now how now now okay so you said the movement you're speaking in general Gaudi Vaishnavism internationally and so forth or let's say in America we're in North America so it's well it sounds like well okay that sounds good you know Kulapavan and Tripurari Maharaj pat one another on the back they agree you know but but you know where is it, you know, it, how are you going to do that? So it's not that hard. It's not that hard. What is the competing example? The competing example is, is, is a non-competitor. Hmm? Like I said, you know, 30 temple presidents, 10x gurus, you know, 15x GVCs living in northern Florida. You know, it's a great place, you know. What do you think Prabhupada would say about that? What are they living there for? Why aren't they, you know, all over the country and, and and using their American intelligence and their Krishna consciousness to, you know, exemplify it? So they're going to go there and look for, you know, their fourth wife or their third, you know, husband or or whatever. You know, I don't know. I'm just probably a good place. I've never been there, but <laughs> but I would like to do a different model. And that, that I bring up that model because the other temples all have a different model. In you know, a third model. I mean. That Prabhupada's mission, and I have a right to talk about it. Um, you know, uh, he called me a founding, a, a, a pillar, a, a pillar of the, of, the, of, the, of the sect once in, in, in a letter. So, you know, I did something for it. I have a feeling for how it, he, he would want it and so forth. And, you know, okay, so the deities are all probably really nicely maintained because there's income from the Hindu community and so forth. But, I mean, that's not why Prabhupada opened these temples. That's not what he used to say. Things like that. I mean, he, he wanted for the in North America. He wanted for the North American public. Hmm? And Prabhupada was ready to rethink anything at any at any moment. That's what he was like. So, um, um, so those aren't really viable as far as the, 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 they don't they don't really nourish the devotee community in the way that you're talking about, hmm? and. Neither do they kind of outreach to the public in a, in a in a way that's the Western American public that they can identify with. So, so you're left with one 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 place. I mean, I'm probably overgeneralizing, but but it's not too bad. I think. And there it is in Northern Florida. You know, it's new. It's you know, it's new something. I want a new Alachua. That's what I want to make a new Alachua. <laughs> so you know. Uh, you, 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 it's the only competition where Western devotees are have a community. Really, hmm? I don't. It's it's not much competition. You need some resources, of course, but but the idea-wise, anyway, it's it's not difficult to come up with something that would be so much more attractive and compelling, and um, and the devotee would feel good about themselves. We're doing something. We feel, where, where are you from? I'm from you know such such community in a neighborhood and. And people, go, oh yeah, that, you know, I think you you could do that. And you do just you need to just do one. Hmm? You just do one, and then everybody knows how how to do the next one. And all there's all there's so much more energy for it, so much more funding for it, enthusiasm for it. We want one of those, you know, in our place, upstate New York. We'd like to have one of those up there. Hmm? 
you play them off of major metropolitan areas, you know, well located, because some people are still going to be in metropolitan areas, but at least they should have some kind of like carbon, you know, what do they call trade-off or something like that, you know, they, I don't know, they, for living there, they have to come there for so many days or, I don't know, <laughs> do some service. And, and um, but I agree with you, and, and I think that it's not, it's not that, um, and it's not impossible, it's not, it's easy, it's easy to do, it's easy to do. Mm-hmm. You just, um, it's easy to under- think about, I guess. It's it's hard to do because you've got to get people to volunteer to do it. People got to, got to, you know, they got to agree and then they've got to not just agree, not just, you know, nod their head. They've got to, like, roll up their sleeves, too. But you could do something very, 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 very wonderful. And, and, and that example would would say it all. It could change the, change the um, you know, turn the table, so to speak. I mean, Prabhupada always told me that if, if if that if people complaining, you know, about what you do, hmm, then um, or if if you complain about what somebody does, it's not useful. It's just, basically, basically, the best thing is to set a better example. If they're sincere, then they'll they'll follow you. So you try to set a a better example if you have a difference with someone. So that's if we have a difference, we should try to do that, and it, it can be done. Hmm? And it would be. It, it's like you're talking about, very conducive for Krishna consciousness, a nice example in the Western world people could identify with, and, and very nourishing for devotees, and you could do another one, another one, another one. If you had a dozen communities like that in North America, my idea would be that you, you, you want to get on the back page of the Time magazine, Kari Krishna Movement reincarnates in the, in the, in the 21st century. And it's cool this time, you know? <laughs> Something like that. Closest we got to that was the harsh bliss of Life magazine in New Vrindavan, I think. So you want a you know, a little bit different publicity. So I you know, I, I agree with you and it, it is a problem. I try to um speak about it and um Glad that you recognize it too, and know that you're willing to help make the change, to help to be the change that you want to see in others. I assume. So anyway. It really starts, you know, from consciousness. The devotees actually gave it some thought. You know, it's like when you look at. That's asking a lot, but. <laughs> well, I mean, when you look at Vrindavan, when you when you read about you know, how that community was working. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when you read about, you know, the loving exchanges among the inhabitants of Vrindavan, the way they live, the way they, they worship. I mean, the, the Govardhan Puja is coming up. I mean, that's really about worshipping the land from which you live. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about just worshipping a place in India. Right. That's how most devotees take it, but it's completely wrong in my opinion. You know, it's worshiping the land from which you live. That is an aspect of it, yeah. I would say that's an aspect of it. And when, when Krishna was explaining it, this is how he explained it. And, and when the, the way mm-hmm. we live is, you know, to, to, to such a large extent, it, it's just purely theoretical. You know, we talk about Vrindavan, we talk about this, we talk about that, but, you know, in, in reality, we are so far removed from that. 
So you have to change. You, you're saying we, so you have to change then. I, I'm actually, you know, trying. <laughs> Good. Uh, but at the same Good. time, it, it, um, it is something that, um, you know, when I talk to a lot of devotees who are somewhat, you know, disappointed with uh, with the movement, the way it kind of turned out, and, and this is something that that comes up quite often, you know, where, where devotees are talking about, you know, living this life that uh, that is just more like Vrindavan. Here and now. Should do it. This is what we should do. This is what we should try to do. Yes, we should do it. It's not hard. So, Marsh? Uh, um, right along that line, we had a, a, a farm in Hawaii on the big island in the early to mid-70s. And uh, life there was really simple. We didn't, you know, we didn't have any conception that we would ever have electricity there. So uh, down to earth it was. And Srila Prabhupada visited once in 1975 for a day. The place, the, the building in which the temple was, was fairly funky because it was made out of recycled plantation houses. And uh, the worship was, was rather simple. Srila Prabhupada loved the place. He told us, you know, they wanted to show him some plan for a big fancy temple that they wanted to build, and he wouldn't even look at it. Hmm. He said, this place is nice just the way it is. He said, for worshipping Radha and Krishna, we want opulence, but for worshipping Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, we want simplicity and austerity. And he had told them to think about what grows, what grew there with very little work, so that um, uh, maximum time and energy could be spent hearing and chanting rather than maintaining the place itself. And uh, he told us, uh, I don't remember the exact word, but the essence was, well, he talked actually for at length, almost an hour, about the glories of transcendental village life. Hmm. And he said, um, wherever there are cows, crops, and Krishna, that's Vrindavan. Hmm. And that was, the, that's, that was the model he wanted for that place, that simple Vrindavan living in the dirt. Mm -hmm. Eat what grows best there, yeah. Very nice. Thank you, Marge. Okay, what's the time? Alright, we'll stop there. Sisirara Gopinath ki jai. Puranga Mahaprabhu ki jai. Sibhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai. Bhakti Vakshakshidhar Deva Samyaras ki jai. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarchitaku Prabhupada ki jai. Sibhakti Vinod Paribhar ki jai. Gaud Bhakti Vrindha ki jai.